This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. It is an absolute pleasure to introduce Michael Ravenwood to the show today. How are you doing, man? I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Yeah. We're doing good, man. As you know, we just performed a magic trick before we hit record earlier today. <laughs> and, uh, and But it's not about magic and tricks. Uh, this is about actual discipline and craft. And it's going to be an interesting conversation today. Uh, and I usually start off by asking if someone is uh, from a family of business owners or entrepreneurs. So in the spirit of that, uh, I'd love to start off there if, if it's relevant for you. Yeah, well, my dad was an entrepreneur um, and, you know, he was an international merchant banker. I uh, used to work for um, Pika in um, Southeast Asia. And then, you know, we moved, when we moved here in the 80s, he started, you know, uh, his own his own company. So, yeah, I come from, a, I guess, a, f- a family of at least one entrepreneur. <laughs> right on. And now do you have entertainers in your family as well? Hmm. Not per se, no, not like in the business of entertainment. Uh, I'd say that uh, you know, pretty much every member of my family is a crack up, but uh, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So the, the the reason why I ask is I'm so curious is how you landed on this path. You know, at what point can you attribute it to any one thing in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, you know, I was a martial artist for many years and I ended up being interested in uh, natural healing after graduating in psychology. Um, I was interested in sort of all aspects of health and just becoming the best human being I could be. Uh, And so I kind of went from the, you know, mental side of things, get my degree in psychology and then into the physical side of things by getting into, you know, natural healing and um, alternative medicine and things like that. So I ended up working for Whole Foods and Nutrition Department, and then managing the department, then working as an apprentice for a doctor who ran his own uh, healing center. And then, you know, uh, I ended up at Esalen Institute, which is a really amazing place in Big Sur where, you know, uh, incredible people like Hunter S. Thompson and um, uh, Abraham Maslow and just like some really incredible people, um, you know, ended up gathering uh, during a very profound cultural transformation in the 60s. And uh, so the doctor that I was working for, he was teaching a workshop there and I ended up in the, uh, in the cafeteria and I just overheard some people who ended up being massage therapists actually uh, just talking about fire dancing. And I was like, this is fascinating. So I, um, you know, I uh, leaned in, I was like, excuse me, you know, I, I, I'm wondering what you're talking about. It sounds fascinating to me. And they kind of described it further. I was like, well, you know, I, I know some martial art, I know some stick fighting and some staff and stuff like that. And like, maybe I could share some techniques with you and it would help you or da da. And they looked at each other and looked at me and they're like, well, we're training tonight. Why don't you come? And so, you know, I went to the um, the spot where they were training and I was just mesmerized. It looked so cool. Like 
especially the poi, which are these instruments which are on tethers. I couldn't figure out if it was like a rigid instrument or if it was on a chain or whatever, just so magical. And that same night, you know, I was like, hey, I'd love to try it. Um, and I don't recommend this to any of my students. Like the first time you see it, like you, you go out and try it or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, because I had some martial arts experience, they were like, well, you know, let me see you spin a staff, you know? And so I spun a staff for a minute and they're like, yeah, okay. You know, you, you can do it. The way, the style that you have, you're not gonna burn yourself. So go ahead. So I got to do it actually the first night that I ever saw it. And it was a beautiful thing. And I kind of had some inertia in my life. Didn't start right away, like doing it all the time. But then on down the road, I just started doing it. And I didn't ever do it to like get people to look at me. I mean, I was a class clown and definitely like I like it when I get attention and I get like energy and whatever and I, I turn on. But like it wasn't to have people look at me. It was because it felt really amazing. And it was just, I don't know, it was a beautiful practice for me. And so, you know, I ended up being a performer. I didn't go to school for performance. I just kind of like started doing this thing and then people would start to watch me. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then, and then certain people were like, hey, can you come over here and do that? I'm like, oh, I'm busy. They're like, we'll pay you. I'm like, oh, well, okay. You know, and that's how <laughs> I got started in performance as a career. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to turn down money. I mean, you're like, oh, I do it for the love of it. But if you're going to pay me, now I get paid. I do what I love. And it's also healing to me when I'm doing it, which was an important part of the story as you were bringing it up as its origins, you were interested in the healing and the fact that it gave you energy beyond like the work itself had merit to you. That's, that's what I'm trying to get at. And the reward yeah. was in the work itself, which is really interesting uh, to have as a quality for something that you're doing. So yeah, that's, you're, you're actually speaking to one of the core principles of Skyfire Academy. So my company is Skyfire Arts but there is Skyfire Academy, Skyfire Marketplace, and Skyfire Events, where we bring all the other three elements together. And, and the Academy has as a core principle that love is a sustainable energy, that like the, the sun rains down energy from the sky, you know, tidal movements can power buoys to, to move and generate power, all the different elements we can use to generate power, but there we are a natural thing. We are an occurrence of the earth. And when we love something, we can work tirelessly for hours. So if we learn to take what we love, create something of value in the world so that others are happy to pay us, then actually we're sustaining ourselves career-wise by something that we get free energy for. So that's that's one of the core principles, yeah. Yeah, no, deep, man. Also, you just laid down on us that you got this crystal clear business model. You're like, I got this company, that company, that company. This is how they work together. I want to get into that. Uh, but before I do, I want to let Jason step in and, and give his thoughts on everything he's heard so far. It's always, always, always the things that you never think are going to be a business that become one <laughs> every single time. It is always not, I, that, that's not true. Not always, but um <clears throat> A lot of the time it is, right? Because a lot of entrepreneurs turn a passion into a project and then people, people see the project and go, man, that's cool. I want to be a part of that. And then the next thing you know, it's a full-blown business, right? So it, it's anytime you can connect passion to purpose, that, that's where the fireworks happen, right? When you have to do the shove a square peg in a round hole thing to try to make some force 
something to work, it never does, right? So it's like me and Philip kind of just for fun, really. And, uh, you know, and look where it is today. It's just insane what, how it's came along. And it was all by accident, right? So that's just one thing. But the beauty behind it is accidents change people's lives. Oh, absolutely. You're actually keying into the story of how, how the whole business part started for me. You know, so, so that was you know, me starting to make money as a fire dancer. But I can't really call that a business. I was still working another job and you know, whatnot. Um, but then you know, one day I thought to myself, God, how I love to spin fire, the roar, the flame, and the light and the shadow. What would it be like to dance with electricity? It's another primal energy. It's thrilling, kind of dangerous. Like, what would that be like? And two weeks later, I'm standing in Starbucks, waiting in line for my coffee. And the guy standing next to me starts talking to the woman over the counter about his lightning project. And I'm just like, that is too strange. So I listen, I listen. And eventually I can't help myself. I turn to him like, excuse me, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but I have to talk to you. You know, I was just thinking about dancing with lightning. I'm a fire dancer. I'm telling my story. And he looks at me and he's like, that is really weird that you would think those thoughts and run into me because <laughs> I build some of the largest Tesla coils in the world. In fact, I own teslacoil.com. And beyond that, I have designed a high voltage protective suit in which you can dance with electricity, you know, and, and my big idea, just to be really transparent, my big idea was to strap stun guns to the end of a stick and like keep their buttons down, you know, and, and get a groin cup and, and a pair of goggles and probably hurt myself, you know, but, um, but then, you know, that would be like two inches of lightning, right? This guy was building coils that were doing like 15 long foot arcs of electricity and since then, I've, I've been able to do that. And then there's the whole turning that into a business thing. Like you said, it's like you love something, it becomes a project, and then, you know, enough dedication, enough discipline, and you get a business out of it one day. And that, that's where I'm at. Man, I need to see these videos. <laughs> I, I, I have yet to see that. And it makes me sad because while I'm hearing this, actually, it makes me more excited for it. Now that, now that I've heard the story, I have something to look forward to. Uh, I can also see how you could easily go into the special effects uh, world, like the real special effects world, right? For movies and things like that, especially any films. Just I can almost imagine like being, able, you know, it's one thing to see Thor with CGI. It's another to see you doing badass dance moves with electricity flying out and oh man i i there's so much potential for what you're doing and it's really fascinating that the entire way you're just coming across people being your genuine self talking to them and having things line up with synchronicity do you ever wonder about that ask yourself those questions absolutely as a matter of fact uh right now i'm taking a training course uh on mind valley um with vishen lakiani I had the honor of me meeting him one day. It was, it was awesome. He's a great human being. And uh, so in this particular course that he's running that I'm taking right now, it's called Silva Ultramind. They actually talk about how there's different states of consciousness, like beta is where we're normally at. Alpha is more relaxed, kind of below that. Theta is where like ultra creativity and things like that are associated with. And then there's delta, which you normally only experience when you're asleep, but there is a way to train yourself to stay awake in Delta. And that is a path that you can take to beginning to 
bring more of the synchronicity into your life because what is a dream like, right? If you look at the table and you think like, oh, I wonder if those flowers are going to grow on the table. And then all of a sudden the flowers grow, right? Like whatever you think in your dream kind of like immediately happens. And that does kind of happen sometimes when we're awake, right? Those are what we call synchronicities. Like just, I was just thinking about my friend and then boom, they called. And so like the ability to sort of bridge those worlds and try and draw more of that kind of seemingly magical occurrence into your life is, is a thing that kind of everybody would want. Right. Um, But it takes a certain amount of mental discipline. Cause for example, you don't want to start thinking about the wrong thing when you're in the state, when you're dreaming, right? Like you want to have a very disciplined mind and relaxed state of being. So it takes some training to get right. Um, but I have been, you know, this is the latest course, uh, the one that I just talked about, uh, that I'm taking, but I've been training for many years in Qigong and yoga and Kung Fu and things like that, that help to hone the mind. And, you know, I'm, uh, feeling very excited about this next phase. Think things are kind of popping for me right now. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. It's literally one of those synchronicity things. I I thought I was the only one that like really, as all the people I've known uh, for the last, I think the happiest times of my life were when I was practicing the uh, the Jose Silva thinking method. I remember I would, I it was one of the few times in my life I was like, all right, if it's a ritual, I'll do it in the morning, I'll do it in the afternoon, I'll do it at night. And eventually I started finding that things were happening. This was all before I ever moved to New York. And a lot of weird things happened when I did it. And then I went to live my life, worked at a digital agency and totally forgot about it. But I, I never forgot what kind of impact it had on my life. And it's weird that I just hear you say that now because I've rarely ever heard other people talk about that thing specifically mm-hmm. uh so that there's just a lot of synchronicities that that follow you man uh it's a it's a really peculiar experience uh but then again given the work that you do i shouldn't be surprised right so <laughs> so what does this mean for entrepreneurs and business owners well you yourself how do you approach the idea of maintaining crafting designing business because when we follow your journey right it you have a very straightforward, no nonsense, genuine, authentic, which is a a thing that's really come across on this show as a, as a big pattern and one of the strengths that good entrepreneurs have, right? But then there's there's these other qualities that everybody else gets to bring to the table, and I'm I'm trying to extract that from you, and and I'm wondering how do you yourself view the design and the building of a business? We talked about this uh, like very, very briefly before we hit record, but I, I just want to get your opinion and your, your feelings about the idea of a business and how that should run. Sure. So it actually is a more recent um, sort of epiphany that hit me around like, what exactly is a business or how does a business itself work? Um, well, right. And so the way my business is, I think is essentially like every business works in a certain way, but then it's different in other ways. So what, what I came to was that essentially all business is a cycle of love. So in my business, there's the creative department and the creative department creates amazing things, spectacular things. And, you know, because of the goals of our company, it's not just a spectacular thing that's like a flash in the pan. 
we want to draw people's attention to ecological awareness and renewable energy. So we have to get creative about, okay, how are we conveying this message at within the context of a spectacular show? How are we conveying empowering ideas, right? So that turns me on. That's like exciting. That's where I connect to my love, right? So the creative department creates this thing that is, you know, hopefully of value, right? And then, you know, and so there to some degree is a discipline in that, but there's also fun. You have to have fun if you're going to be like doing it for a long time and you're going to be facing the difficulties um, that you're going to have to face. I remember um, that uh, uh, I watched this uh, keynote speech. I'm trying to remember. Um, why can't I remember the, the guy who created basically did all, the whole Apple? Uh, what is his name? Uh, oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, thank you. So he was doing a, a keynote speech uh, at a college and he was talking about like, you got to love it or else you're not going to be able to make it through the dark night of the soul, you know? So um, so in essence, you know, there's that piece of it, the creative department, you're doing what you love. But then these days, if you create something you love, you can't just go on the street corner and, you know, wave a flag and be like, hey, come buy this thing I love, you know? Um, you got to have some way to create media that gives people the feeling that they're going to have when they have your product or service, because people are emotionally motivated, right? They're not necessarily intellectual. I mean, things that are intellectual, they're great, but like, it's really the emotions that motivates to, to actions. So you've got to have a marketing department and the marketing department is responsible for creating and disseminating media that is effective at conveying the feeling that your creation is going to provide people, right? The, the value of the service. Then once you actually make contact with an individual person or you want to go and reach out to an individual person, then you got your sales department. And that is where, you know, an individual is one-on-one -on -one and you get to like build relationship and you get to like find out what their needs are already over here in the marketing department. You're finding out like, what are their needs? How are we addressing the needs of the people that, you know, because really it's about service. And again, like I said, it's about love. So we create something we love out of our love of creation. And, and then we, you know, find the people who are going to love it. We make contact with those people. Then the business department in, in our case or whatnot is like kind of making sure the love comes alive. Uh, you know, it stays alive, you know, like make sure we stay friends by getting a contract. That's like where it's a clear agreement and everybody understands what's going to be going on. Da, da, da. You know, so you move into, okay, we get a signed contract. We accept the deposit in our case, we accept a deposit. And then the production department goes into, you know, action. And then they actually like bring what the creative department has designed and everything and put it, you know, at the event of the individual who's hired us, or in the case of Skyfire events, we, you know, at our own event, whatnot. And then, um, you know, selling tickets, that's a whole kind of different model than getting hired by somebody else. Right. But, um, you know, then, you know, we produce the thing. And that's where the love that those people have of our creation gets to actually be fulfilled. Like we get to love creating it. They get to love receiving it. And then we go into this kind of rebirth cycle where, you know, business department gets the final payment, um, you know, uh, production department says what worked, what didn't same with the kind of creative department and the marketing department takes to take all the media that we capture the show and turn it into more stuff. And then boom, we just go around and around like that. So it's a cycle of love business in essence. And there's a lot of sections where like, you've just got a balance between like, okay, how are we enjoying ourselves? And how are we disciplining? Or like, how are we keeping it tight? You know, cause that's necessary too.
I mean, it doesn't get any realer than that, man. <laughs> Just explain the entire business life cycle right there. So, <laughs> which, yeah. by the way, can be applied to any company, what you just said. I think so. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, about, totally. doing, doing a talk for business conferences where I, I go into that after I lightning that like a lightning dance and then I take off the mask and I go, <laughs> business is all about the movement of power, what is power, but love, or, you know, whatever, like I haven't written it yet, but that's now that is an event, man. There you go. <laughs> oh man. I'm so glad I asked that. Uh, you just, uh, I knew I knew that there was going to be a solid answer. Uh, I didn't I didn't anticipate that it would be as uh, elaborate as you broke it down. But I also, you know, be, being a martial artist, I'm not surprised that you have taken great pains to understand what is the technique, right? What is the flow? What 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 are we doing here? How does it look? What is the dance? You know, you you go on and go on. What is the choreography here, right? All of those things which seem like intangibles in the business world, but they're, they're actual tangibles in creative work. You have been able to throw in to help enhance the way you look at business, right? So that it's not just an intellectual experience for you. And I think that it's a better answer than I could have ever hoped for as we, as we highlighted and I, there's only really two other questions I have left, even though I'd love to be on here forever and get to know you, man. You know, next time you're in L.A., just know you, you got a friend in me. Uh, well, thanks, brother. I appreciate that. Before I go to the last two, I want to check in with Jason and just make sure because our last two questions are just uh, the, the younger self and uh, the grand yeah. finale. Well, I love personally it. There's typically some connection right with almost with a good majority of people that they were connected to sports or something in their earlier life where they were on a team or something of that and that's was a contributing factor to their success and so you being the martial artist doesn't surprise me that you're here where you are um, I had the wonderful experience back in the mid nineties when I was in the military to be able to grapple with uh, the Gracie brothers. Um, and they're just little guys, you know, and here we are, these military, you know, guys thinking, yeah, whatever. Right. They rolled me up like a freaking taco, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I got from that humility, in a very big way. <laughs> right. And, you know, I learned a lot through that experience because we spent two weeks with them wow. and a lot of, I learned a lot through that experience, how to apply leadership through martial arts, how you think, you know, this is your, your greatest weapon, not these, <laughs> This really is your best weapon, not, not your hands or your feet or any of that. It's how you think and then act with ease, right? And it's the same in business, right? This is your greatest weapon in business right here. You're this, you know, uh, mush in between the six inches of your ears. <laughs> that's, that's the power is right there. So, you know, you've taken something. That was a love and a passion 
and you you turned it into something very special and that's really awesome what you've done thank you no there's there's just so much great uh energy to come from this i i want business owners to be able to walk away from this conversation entrepreneurs to walk away from this conversation going be feeling invigorated electrified uh, uh from your story and to say to themselves yeah it's time to throw new energy into my business if at any point i started feeling like it was stagnant like let's reinvigorate that right because like you said we are a, a, a natural force ourselves and if we can tap into that it should be the reward in itself just to be doing the work and uh i just want to bring back all those teachings uh, along with the journey that you've had so far and then ask if you could go back to let's say that party where you saw the fire dancers and you were still you know on the lookout but knowing what you know now if you got a chance to just run into yourself what would you say to yourself then so i think that uh gosh there's a there's a number of things one is trust your feelings your feelings are the thing that connect you to like all of the different parts and pieces. Your mind can come up with a million reasons why you should and a million reasons why you shouldn't and be right about all of them. And it's your body somehow that really can just universally apprehend like all those factors all at once and just tell you like, yeah, this person can be trusted or no, this person cannot be trusted. And it may not even be like they're a wicked person. Maybe they're they're a well-intentioned person, but they're still not telling you the truth. And, you know, so, so to trust your feelings, um, also focus. One of my primary lessons, uh, you know, has been focus. I, I get so excited. I'm easily enthusiastic about all kinds of different threads of the project. If I had, you know, earlier on learned how to choose one dimension, one thing, focus on that until it reaches a certain completion point and then focus on the next thing and just how to put things on the back burner. Like you can honor the ideas and creative things you have by putting them on the back burner because they're still there. You've you've got those ideas, you've got those concepts, but you're not dishonoring, you know, the current thing that you're working on by like splitting your energy and your attention off in this other, you know, realm where the inertia then doesn't allow you to to really follow through on the things that you are already working on. So, you know, I guess uh, focus and trust in two words. Yeah, no, big, big. As soon as you started saying focus, Jason was eyeing me like, come on, Philip. <laughs> I, have a, I have a habit of, of, of getting wild ideas myself. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a great reminder to, to be focused uh, for sure. Uh, and that's just realize that even if you have the capacity for all those things, can you really do your best doing all of them all at the same time? I mean, I didn't practice spinning plates, you know, for uh, America's Got Talent or something. You know, it's not. That's not what this is about. So uh, I think that's solid, solid uh, words to leave to to a younger self, a younger version, especially if they realize it's coming from you. And it's like, really? So, all right. Yeah, I can't really say no to someone who is me from the future saying, trust me, save yourself <laughs> a lot of time and energy. Uh, with that said, the, the grand finale question, uh, for all 10 million points, in this show, you know, let's let's show them what we've got as a prize. Uh, if uh, if you could have invited anybody dead or alive to this uh, conversation today, based on everything we just covered, if you had a moment to reflect here, who would you choose and why? 
You know, that is a really uh, challenging question for me because I have so many heroes. Like I want to say Nikola Tesla, obviously, you know, I want to say Jesus Christ and Buddha, obviously, like for other reasons, you know. Um, Yeah, the one person that keeps coming back to my head, though, is Sri Yukteswar. And I know that probably won't mean anything to most people um, unless you've read Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, but there was an incredible human named Paramahansa Yogananda that um, transformed the whole area that I live. I live in Encinitas and he started a temple down here. And um, yeah, he, I think that the whole thing I, I mentioned about the Silva method, you know, I get the sense that Sri Yukteswar would have a lot to say about that whole process and be able to teach me like, kind of all the way down the road because he was he was Paramahansa's teacher. And so like I was I'm, I was tempted to say, well, Paramahansa Yogananda. But then I'm like, well, what about his teacher? Like, how how would it be to get to his teacher? And I would I would say Babaji, which is his kind of teacher. But we don't even know if that's actually a real human being or a mythological character. So I was going to go with real human being for sure. You got photographs and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> What I what I love about those answers, man, and just about your journey all the way is something that I think is like it's something I need to work on, right? I, I have no problem giving people advice, uh, but being advised is another thing, right? And one thing that's really true about your journey is how coachable you were the whole way, right? Like whether through observing the phenomenon of life itself and taking cues, right? Or explicitly through other people, like you, you've mentioned, uh, just in passing, the mentors you may have had in your life for business, or what, or even the, the even the fire dancers, and and being willing to learn on the spot in the moment. That coachability is truly an element, a facet of the makeup of an entrepreneur. That I, I haven't talked to a single entrepreneur who feels like they've learned everything yet. All of them are like, I'm still just getting started still learning so i hope you never lose that uh those are my closing thoughts and i'll I'll pass it over to jason to close us out yeah it's been a pleasure having you on um just as a last note where do people go watch your videos oh thank you so much and and connect with you there's always that part (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, so it's skyfirearts.com is our website We've, of course, got, you know, Skyfire Arts on Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as Michael Ravenwood. Um, but, you know, our company's on there as well. Um, we're on Instagram, you know, and we're now on TikTok and everything like as <laughs> Skyfire Arts um, is, is the way. And I did a talk at Google, um, you know, so you can look on the YouTube page and check that out if you, you know, really connected with what I was sharing today and you want to hear like, it's an hour long and it's it's kind of the story of, how my life went, you know, like the story of my life in parallel um, with my story as a, you know, now business owner, you know, uh, the person who created Skyfire Arts. So those are some places you can look. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Other than that, thank you for taking the time to be here, brother. It was enlightening um, for sure. Uh, No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) See what you did there. Yeah, see, (laughs) see what I did there. Um, yeah, there was a lot of great nuggets to take away from this, uh, for the audience, no doubt. And, uh, thanks for taking the time to be here. I appreciate you, brother. You're most welcome. I'm very grateful to have been invited and, uh, 
you know, look forward to more collaborations in the future. Hey, cheers. All right. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Take care. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.